Pretending this is an egg. Everybody got that in their mind. It's an egg, right? Egg. Everybody with me? Egg. Egg. Everybody say egg. Egg. Okay, y'all with me. Okay. Very good, class. I feel like a rumpa room. I know some of y'all with y'all folks don't know about rumpa room. They don't know. <laughs> but this is an egg. What can you What What can you do with the egg? Cook it. Cook it. Scramble it. Boil it. Hide it. Hide it. If you believe in that Easter stuff. <laughs> but we know how we do in heat, right? <laughs> what, what, what else can you do? All those are true answers. There's no, probably no wrong answers. Give me some more. Yeah, properly. Again, that's probably good why this is a piece of paper because I'm holding a mic in the egg, you know, things like it. You can throw it, play games. What kind of games you can play with egg? With the spoon, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. And see, I, I, I did that with AJ's birthday party one time when you was little, but see, we use plastic eggs because, again, you might drop it. <laughs> you might drop it. Anything else? That's good. Spin it. Spin it. Good. Because, see, now the thing is, when, when you see this egg in my hand, all the preconceived ideas of what this egg is comes to mind. And unless you know more about what this egg can be or what this egg can do, you're limited based off of what you know that that egg can do. If you've never had a scrambled egg before, then you think all you can do is boil it. If you've never played games with an egg before, all you think you can do is eat it. See, now I know that most of y'all know, especially the women in here, know that this is a beauty product. Yes, right? Facial mask, shampoo because it got good protein in it and all that kind of stuff. But how many know that you can use the egg shells to clean your drains? Yeah. Yeah. You crush up the egg shells, you put it down in your you put it down in the drain, and it, it works just like a draino, but of course it's natural. You can do that. I mean, know about with the garden uses of eggs. You put it in the dirt for fertilizer, causing protein. But now here's another side. If you plant seeds, you can take the eggshell and put the dirt in the shell and put the seed in there. And then the natural calcium and the nutrients from that eggshell will help fertilize that seed and it'll make it grow even faster. It's a remedy as well. How many know that the eggshells can remove tea stains from your pots? You let the eggshell sit in there for a while overnight, put some water in there, shake it around, stain's gone from the eggshell. How many know you can use an egg for first aid? You cut yourself a little bit. Now, I ain't saying no big gashing wound. That's called 911. You know, I'm talking about, you know, maybe paper cut. Yes. Nice little, you know, something like that, you know. Don't, don't say don't, don't run up on somebody with a gas and water and say, Pastor said you put an egg on it. No, Pastor said urgent kill. 911, whatever you gotta do. Even if you don't got insurance, they still gotta deal with you. Yeah. Go to the hospital. But you can put it on, you can take the, the little membrane that's inside the egg and put it on, and it almost becomes like a second skin. Yeah. So it's a first aid thing. How many know you can clean shoes, leather shoes with, with egg yolk, the egg whites? You take the egg whites and you rub it on the leather shoes, then you then you clean it off because you don't want your shoes stinking after a while. But you clean it off and it keeps the shine on your leather shoes. So it's a leather policy. Rub it on your plant. Right. How many know you can how many know you can use it as glue? Oh yeah, can. 
white. You take the egg white, egg white. and yeah. use it just like glue, just like how you would. Uh, now you can only glue like paper to paper and stuff like that, light paper, cardboard. But just like you use Elmer's glue, you can use an egg white the same way. Candle mold. You can take the eggshell, put a little hole in that, drain the egg yolk out, pour hot wax in there, and now you got an egg-shaped candle. And then lastly, I got another one on here. You can make homemade calcium pills. I know five. <laughs> you can take the eggshell because it's full of calcium, grind it up into fine powder, and then you can buy the little capsules, and you can put the cal- you can put the eggshell powder into the calcium, and then you got natural calcium pills. Add a little lemon juice to that. Now you got calcium citrate pills. Now what does all that got to do with the word of God? Because like, I ain't come for no head class. I can't hear the Lord. I can't hear what God said. I want to hear Jesus. What does all that got to do with it? Because see what it has to do with the word of God. We're going to talk about with, with the, one of my favorite men named Moses. Because, see, I said I had this egg in my hand. And see, sometimes all you're going to have is the egg in your hand. And you might need to have your shoes shine. And you're saying, well, all I got is an egg. I don't have nothing else. All I have is this. What do you have in your hand? You might need to make some calcium pills. And you say, well, I ain't got no money to buy the pills, but... I got some eggs. You might need some drain cleaner, but you came right to the store to get some drain on, so you say, I got some eggs. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Turn to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. And we're going to get in this and we're going to hit it and quit. Exodus chapter 4. And I'm starting at verse 1. Exodus chapter 4. And it says right here, I'm reading out a New American Standard. It says, then Moses said, and people in the Bible study class know when they see that then, there must have been some stuff that happened before that. We'll talk about that. But then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a staff." Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by his tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Mm. Amen. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. And we're talking about today, what is in your hand? See, you have something in your hand, but because of your limited vision, see, I almost dropped it. See, that was a good thing I have. I think it was eggs I caught. But because of your limited vision, all you see is an egg. You don't see drain cleaner. You don't see leather shoe polish. You don't see beauty products. All you see is an egg. I can boil it, scramble it, and and eat it. 
Not even probably realizing that there's a hundred over hundred, maybe two hundred different ways you can even cook that egg. Because all you see is what you see. And that may be based off of what you've been taught. That may be based off of what you experienced. That may, may be based off of just what you know. All you see is an egg. And we have Moses right here. Moses prior to that, when I said that was a thing, said then Moses said, what if they will not believe me? See, Moses had just, this is right after Moses had met God on, on Mount Horan and the burning bush experience. Everybody know about the burning bush. That's Sunday school. The bush was burning, and it didn't burn all the way up, and God was talking to Moses, and he said, this is holy ground. Take off your shoes, put them flip-flops over there somewhere. You know, this is holy ground you want. And he said, I got a job for you to do. I need you to go and set my people free. Tell Pharaoh you got to let them go. You got his time up. It's got to let them go. But then Moses starts having this conversation with God, and he says, he says, what if they won't believe me or listen to what I say? But see, God has said in Exodus chapter 3, verse 18, he had already told Moses that they will listen to you. He already had gave Moses the whole breakdown of everything that was going to happen. He said, the people, when you come to them, they'll listen to you. He said, when you go to the Pharaoh, he's not going to want to hear what you got to say. His heart going to get hardened, and I'm going to have to bring y'all out through great miracles. He told Moses the whole game plan, X, Y, Z. This is how you're going to do it. But yet and still, Moses still said, what if they don't believe me? And see, that's what a lot of us do sometimes. God will give us the, the, the steps, the strategies, the things that we need to do to see, the places we need to go, where we need to talk to. But then all of a sudden, that doubt kicks in. That doubt kicks in. Because all you're looking at is, all I got in my head is an egg. But God, you told me to go over there and clean shoes. But all you gave me was an egg. So that doubt kicks in. I don't have what I need. I don't have enough. But how many know if God is sending you, if God is telling you to go, if God is requesting you to do something for every vision that he's giving you, he's going to give you provision. What does pro mean? Pro is just a, is a the prefix word meaning for. So if he's giving you the vision, that means he's going to give you provision, meaning he's going to give you something for the vision. And that something might just be something as simple as the head. But then Moses says here, he says, they won't believe me. For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. See, there's going to be some people that say in your life, God ain't really showed up in your life. Because why are you living like that? Why, why you ain't gotten that? Why you ain't balling out of control? I thought people who, who worship God, they supposed to be balling out of control. Where your house and mansion? Where your Bentley? Where, where your stacks on deck? Where your two chains? Wake up the young folks in here. Two chains? Where your future? Where is all that at? Where is it? I thought you believed in God. I thought God showed you favor. I thought God loved you. But you out of work. I thought God walked with you. But you going through divorce. I thought God honored you. But you ain't spoke to your mama in 20 years. What's wrong? That doubt kicks in. That doubt kicks in. See, your present discouragement a lot of times arises from former disappointments. I say that again. When you get discouraged right now, a lot of times that comes up from previous 
previous disappointments. See, Moses wasn't just coming out of nowhere with this. Moses was basing this discouragement presently off of some previous disappointments. Yeah, yeah. Because, see, the people had rejected him at one point. Right. The people had rejected him previously. So he said, if I go back, what's going to make them not reject me now? What's going to make them not accept me now? What's going to make them be cool with me right now? Because they weren't cool with me then. That's why I had to run. That's why I had to leave. Because the Egyptians were looking to kill me because I killed one of them. And my people didn't even accept me because they didn't think I was one of them. <laughs> There you go. How many of us be in that kind of situation? You, 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 you're in hell over here, and you're, you're, you're in more hell over here. It don't matter where you go. The people over here, they don't like you because they're they, they jealous of you, but the people over here, they don't think you're even supposed to be with them, so they kick you out too. So Moses saying, they ain't going to believe me. I, this ain't going to work. I, I can't see how this is going to be beneficial to me. But then he says right here, he says, the Lord said to him, and here's the key question. What is in your hand? Mm. Now, it's kind of funny how Moses is asking one question. And instead of God answering it, God comes back with a question. And seemingly that the question don't even have nothing to do with the question that Moses asked. Because Moses said, how they not going to believe what I say. They're not going to receive me. But then God says, what's in your hand? Moses probably was like, man, what you talking about? Right, you're not, you're not hearing what I'm saying. These people are not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe that I have an experience with you. They're not going to believe that I'm walking with you. They're not going to believe that I have seen you. They're not going to believe that my life has changed. Because see, some people ain't going to believe that your life truly has changed. Because you're not going to have a glow and a halo wrapped around your head. But see, it'll be how you walk through life. But he's saying, they're not going to believe me. And God comes back like God likes to do, and he poses a question. Not that God does not know the answer that he already asking you the question of. He just asking you so that you will know that he know that you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's in your hand? And why is he asking Moses this? He's saying, What's in your hand? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you saying they ain't going to accept you and all this kind of stuff. I done sent you on an assignment, but the assignment that I'm sending you on, all you need is in your hand. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? And God is saying that to you, what's in your hand? What are you holding in your hand? What are you holding on to right now? What do you have right now? You're saying, God, I ain't got much. I don't have, I don't have everything that a lot of people have. I, some of us even go as far as say, I ain't got nothing. Mm -hmm. See, I stopped saying that a long time ago because you speak that thing long enough, then you're going to really see what nothing really is. Because, see, nobody in here really has nothing. Because technically... You know, the, 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 what was that, um, the Wall Street thing they was doing back in the day, the, um, I can't remember, the little protesting they was doing. Yeah, Occupy. Occupy Wall Street. You know, it was supposed to be in the 99%ers the, the, the against the 1%ers. But see, here's the thing they don't want to tell you. If you go to a, if you got a job, and I'm talking about not even a high-paying job, basically if you got pretty much a minimum wage job, you got shelter, and you got food, then guess what? Globally, you're in the 
There are people, 99% of people globally are poor than you. So start saying I don't have nothing because you're going to see what nothing really is. Nothing really is. But God is saying, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? And see this Hebrew word right here, hand is, is called God, and it's, it translates into the word power. So what God is actually really saying, he's saying, what's in your power? What's in your power? And see, Moses probably was saying, well, because he would understand that Hebrew that God was probably speaking to him. Because God speaks to you just like you speak to yourself. That, the thoughts that you hear in your mind, a lot of times, that's God. He, not, he don't sound like Charlton Heston. He sounds like you. <laughs> He's saying, what's in your power? What's in your power? And Moses probably was like, what power? What power do I have? And God is saying, what's in your power? But how did God know that he had power? See, because he came into the presence of God. See, you can't come into the presence of God over and over and repeatedly into the presence of God. You can't keep hearing the word of God because this word of God was going forth to Moses. You can't come into his presence and hear his word and not receive power. The only way you can do that, the only way you can come into his presence, the only way you can come into his presence and then even hear a word and leave out and not receive no power is you didn't connect. That's why you rejected. You didn't connect. See, because our body, our flesh has a natural inclination to reject foreign objects. That's why even with the kidney transplant that Darius is going through, they have to put him on medication so that his body won't we won't reject that foreign object because somebody else kidney is foreign to his body. But see, that's what the word of God is sometimes when it's trying to speak to a situation that you're in and you're saying, that, that sounds foreign to me. I, I don't, I don't want to line up with that. Yeah, I don't want to do all that. That's requiring me to do too much. I don't want to give that up. I like to cuss folks out when they get on my nerves. <laughs> So that word you say to me, you know, be kind to your enemy, that's foreign to me. I'm going to reject that. So God is saying, what's in your power? Are you denying your power? Like the word of God says, it says they look like Christians, but they deny all the power thereof. See, don't look the part. We talked about that a while ago with the flashlights. One had batteries in it, the other one didn't. Look at that, but they look the same way. But when you got ready to use it, you saw which one had power and which one doesn't. See, when God get ready to use you, he going to figure out who, which one of y'all got power and which one of y'all don't. Because see, when he come ready to turn you on, I need you to go over here and speak a word to this person. And you can take that or you ain't got no power. So I'm going to send you over here because you got battery. You ready to go. I need you to go over here and I need you to pray for this person. Oh, I ain't got time. I'm going to pray for you, but you know you're just saying that to sound good. So then when you try to lift up your prayers, you wonder why they don't get answered. Because you never have time for nobody else. So God is saying, what's in your hand? What's in your power? And then Moses finally connects and he says, oh, I, I, I got this staff. I, I got this staff in my hand. I, that, that's all I got. It's just me, you, and the staff. We just right here. And, and some translation says a rod. And we know that the rod is a symbol of guidance. It keeps you lined up. It keeps you, it keeps you in order and in line. So Moses is saying, I, I got this thing in here right in my hand. 
This is my power. It keeps me in line. It keeps me going. And, and, and it's like a walking stick. They walk with it. But see, God was asking him a question like that for a reason. Because he was saying, what's in your hand? Because see, the, some, the very thing you might be holding in your hand that you think is giving you power is the very thing that's holding you back and zapping your power. Whoa. See, because it's a walking stick. What are you walking with? What are you walking with? It's real funny that, that Moses, God told him this is holy ground, the burning bush and everything. He takes off his shoes, but he still got the staff in his hand. Why does he still have a staff in his hand at the time when God asked him that question? He says, what's in your hand? He says, this staff. And that's what a lot of us do sometimes. We'll come to the presence of God and we still holding on to stuff. We won't let that go because to us, really, this is our God. And we're going to try to come into the presence of God and fool him. We're going to try to come into the presence of God holding our boyfriend in our hand and, and saying, God, I want you to change my life, but I don't really want to let him go. You know, we're going to come into the presence of God, you know, and saying, I, God, I really want you to give me new opportunities, new territories, but, but I'm going to hold on to this job because, you know, this is my source of income. I don't want to let that go. See, what are we coming into the presence of God holding on to and we really need to let it go? We really need to drop it down. And, Mo, and God tells Moses this. What? He tells him to do what? And he says, what's in your hand? He says, a staff. He says, what? Throw it down. Throw it down. Let that thing go. Let that thing go. What are you holding on to that might be blocking your blessing? Let it go. Is it a relationship? Let it go. Is it a job? Let it go. Now, I'm not saying go out and quit your job tomorrow, but what I'm saying is let it go. Because if you don't let it go here, you ain't going to never let it go here. It starts right here. It starts right here. There was this book that I, that I read one time about jobs, and it talks about the fact that, that when people quit a job, they actually quit sometimes three to six months before they actually quit. And then I knew that stuff was true about relationships. For the men in here, when a woman quits you, the day she quits you, she actually quit you about three, four months ago. She was just lining things up to get right so that when she left you, she gonna leave right. So just because she left you on August 24th, really she probably left you back in April sometime. On your birthday. Because she left you right here. And then the physical just happens after that. So then it says, throw it down. He says, throw it down. Let go of, the, let go of that, that very thing that, that, that's, that's holding you back. And then it says, after you throw it down, it says that throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a servant. See, there's a lot of stuff we holding on to that's blocking our blessing. Some of us are, are, are holding on to it and we won't let it go. God is saying, let it go. I can do something with it. Because see, it wasn't Moses that turned the rod into the serpent. It was God that turned the rod into the serpent. God is saying, you're holding on to these things. Let them go. I'm asking you for your talent, but you won't let it go to me. You'll let it go to the world. You'll shake your butt in the video over there, but you won't dance with me. Let go of your words. Let go of your words. You'll cut somebody out in a heartbeat, but when you try to stand up for the word of God, you act like you don't even know me. Let go of your actions. 
You come to church and you act like you all Christian and holy, but then with people who ain't at church that ain't around you, you act like you all been on hell. Let it go. Let go of your time. I asked you for your time, and you act like you ain't got no time. I got to schedule your appointment. I got to get on your Google calendar. I got to send you an email and let you set an appointment on Outlook. Let go of your time. Let go of your body. Let go of your, your, your body. It doesn't belong to you anyway. It doesn't belong to you anyway. See, once... Once, once people get that understanding that your body don't even belong to you in the first place, and then secondly, that your body is, is precious, that your body has value, then you won't go and give it away to anybody who asking for it. Because if you can find stuff all on the ground, then it really ain't valuable. Gold is valuable because you gotta dig for it, you gotta search for it, then you gotta, then you gotta even pick it up and test it and see if it's real gold. But you just throwing yourself all out on the ground for everybody who come along and everybody taking a turn like a doorknob, then how much value are they gonna find in you? How much value are they gonna find in you? Nobody's going to value you more than you value yourself. Amen. You're taking the priceless merchandise and giving it away for free. That's right, preacher. I'm going to move on. All right now. But that was for one or two or three people. All right. Amen. Let go of your dreams. Meaning, God is giving you visions and dreams, but you won't let go enough to even step out on them. You, you, you're in fear. You're scared. I don't. I can't do that. I don't. I don't have time. I can't do this. I, I don't know, God. This, this, this is too big for me. Again, if God gave it to you, don't you think that He's gonna help you to fulfill it? He's gonna help you to manifest it. And then let go of your money. Oh, pastor, my money. Yeah, let go of your money. And I'm not talking about for me because I got mine. All right. All right. All right. I don't get paid up in here. God is my source. And he hooks me up with a skill set to make money. Amen. Amen. Say that again. And you got to let go sometimes. You got to let go. The very thing you holding on to might be your blessing. You holding on to them $10 and God said, if you let them 10 go, I can show you where to get a thousand. But you so stingy with that 10, you keep your 10. <laughs> keep your 10 and see what you can do with that. And see what you can do with that. See, the one thing that got me with tithing is that when I heard this one little simple thing, man said, why won't you let go of 10 so he can bless the 90? And being a businessman that I am, that was a good deal to me. They ain't take no spiritual thinking and no holy thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you 10, and you're going to bless and favor and empower my 90. Bet, we on that one. I don't need no spiritual hokey pokey to figure that out. You know, the upside outweigh the downside. I'm going to lose 10, but I'm going to have a blessed 90. That's a wrap. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. But then... What happens sometimes when you let these things go? You let your talents go for God. You let your time go for God. You let your words go for God. You let your money go for God. You said you let your body go for God. And then, like, see right here with Moses, it becomes a serpent. See, that's what stops a lot of people from letting go. Because they say, well, I saw that person give, give that money, then now they ain't got no job no more. I saw that person give a word, and they got sick. 
I saw that person try to operate and have talent and get their talent with God, and then they say, you know, they 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 homeless. What kind of God is that? He asked me for it, I gave it to him, and now I'm in hell. What kind of God is that? How can, how can I give up something to him and then now I find something in it? And then it says that it was so bad that it says Moses flee from the serpent. How many know that that was bad? Because see, Moses was in the desert, so this wasn't the first time he saw a snake. And I'm sure he had killed plenty of snakes. But this thing that ran up to Moses after he dropped his staff, this thing was so frightening that he ran from it. He ran from the presence of God running away from this thing. How many of us to do that? When the issues get so bad, they rail up so big in our life that we'll run away from it, not realizing we're leaving the presence of God also. Because guess what? When the serpent manifested itself, where was it? Right there with Moses. Where was Moses? Right there with God. Are you getting that? Are we connecting the dots? See, don't run from the enemy sometimes, because sometimes the enemy don't bought you to the presence of God. He don't bought you, you don't took a free ride to the presence of God. And now the enemy's showing up and you saying, oh, you know what? Oh, you want to fight me here? You want to get down with me right here? One thing my mama always told me, don't let nobody beat you up at your house. Because at your house, you're supposed to know where everything is. You know where the loose bricks is. You know where the knife is. You know where the pistol is. You start, don't nobody supposed to come into your house and win. So how will you be in the presence of God and just because the serpent raises his head up on your situation, now you run and flee. The word of God says what? It says resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Not you run. We're not made to run. Even Paul, when he was describing the, the guards, and he said, put on your, your, head, your helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet with the, with the good news and, the, and the have your sword of faith, I mean, your sword of the word and, and your shield of faith. But if you look at all the description and you look at the Roman soldiers, they didn't have no protection in the back. Why? God was in their back, but also they're not made to be runners. We're not made to be runners. What you're running from? The only thing you should be running to is God. But you should never run from nothing. You shouldn't run from the enemy, and you shouldn't run from God. Amen. Amen. And see, sometimes in running from the enemy, it seems kind of crazy, but when you're running from the enemy, your back is exposed, and also, you're running from God. Ain't that a truth? Ain't that a truth? You mean to tell me if I run from the enemy, if I run from the what he's doing in my life, that I might be actually running from God? Amen. I'm not saying that. That's, that's the word. You see it for yourself. Moses was in the presence of God. The serpent reared himself up, and he got to run. He took off. He took off. Don't run. Don't run. But see, obviously he came back. 
Because you gotta come to your senses sometimes. Because you can run so far sometimes, and then you realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm out here by myself. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm uncovered. Wait a minute, hold on, God. You know, I don't found myself into a territory that I'm you really not used to being in. I'm around people that I really ain't supposed to be around. They act like that, but I ain't really like that. Yeah, they thuggers. I'm just playing thug. These some real thugs. Yeah, no, these, these some these some real prostitutes over here. They, they selling for real. I, I just I just dress the part, but I ain't trying to look and act the part. I just I just wear my skirts on the hip, but I ain't trying to I ain't trying to lay down like that. I, I, I ain't supposed to be out here. No, this 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 the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. This 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 ain't where I'm supposed to be. Something done happened in my life. I done ran too far. I'm, I'm out of contact. I can't even get no reception. I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. All I'm picking up is country channels. I ain't getting no signal. Ain't no balls. Ain't no balls in my mind. I don't have no reception. Can you hear me now? No. So it says, but the Lord said, see that but, that's a, that's a, that's a transition, that's a conjunction. So it says, everything that happened before, now you look at, that, that don't even matter no more. So the fleeing, the running away, God said that don't even matter. Yeah, you ran away from me. You you did some things that, that you that you probably regret. You 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 said some things you probably shouldn't have did. Yeah, you used to get high, you used to smoke, you used to do all those things wrong, but now you back into my presence. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. What? You telling me to pick up this thing? You telling me to pick up the enemy? You telling me to reach out my hand to the enemy? Is that what you telling me to do, God? God is saying yes. Stretch out your hand. What does that stretching mean? That stretching requires obedience, because God is saying, you know what? Yeah, you done laid this thing down, and now the enemy done raised up in your life. But now I want you to stretch out. Because see, what really has happened is that you have laid this thing down that you thought was your God, and now you realize that I'm the God, that I am that I am, that I'm the only one, that I can take what was looked like a blessing to you and show you where it might have been a curse if you didn't handle it properly. See, some of us are mishandling our blessings and then we call them curses. No, it's just because you mismanaging. You mishandling your blessing. We get paid on job, but then you mishandle your money and then you really, you think that God doesn't forsake, forsake you. No, you just being a bad steward. You need to line up. Get your strategies right. Stretch out your hand in obedience. See, stretching, that word stretch, what does that mean? That means you're going to come out your comfort zone. That means you're going to come out your comfort zone. You might be comfortable in the back, but God said, no, stretch out. It's time for the front. You might be comfortable, you know, sitting around and not saying nothing. God said, no, it's time for you now to open your mouth. You might be comfortable living like you living, but God said, no, I didn't design you to be that way. You're just a victim of identity. You didn't know who you were. You didn't know who I really designed you to be. But now that I have given you a new identity, a new ID card, when you walk up on the scene, I want you to flash like a police and say, boom, this is who I am. But it's going to require you to come outside your comfort zone. The only thing that you're going to find in comfort is comfort. 
And sometimes you can get so comfortable that you end up falling asleep. And then when you fall asleep, you end up staying there. And when you stay there, time passes you by. Time passes you by. Now you've wasted all this time. And now you've got to try to play catch up. But even before you can catch up, you got to wake up. But God is saying, stretch your hand out. And then he says, grasp it. Grab the tail. Grab the tail. The tail has a Greek equivalent word, and it means to lay hold with the mind, to understand, to learn, to perceive and comprehend. So he told Moses, he said, grab this thing by the tail. How many know that's the, that's, physically, that's the worst place to grab a snake? That's right. Because if you grab a snake by the tail, he just whip whip his head back and bite you. That's right. So why would God tell Moses to pick up this snake, to pick up this situation, to pick up this issue by the tail? Two reasons. One, he said, don't worry about it biting because no weapon form shall prosper. You ain't got to worry about this situation coming back and biting you. Once I teach you how to properly handle this thing, you ain't got to worry about it coming back to bite you because no weapon form shall prosper against you. But what I want you to pick it up by the tail for because I need you to change your perspective. So you used to going head on with the enemy. You used to going head on with his deception because the serpent represents deception, meaning you've been deceived. You've been you been treated with lies. You used to go and head on with the lies, but now I want you to come back from behind and pick this thing up by the tail. I mean, I want you to change your perspective. I want you to understand something different. I want you to learn something different. I want you to comprehend something different. Don't keep doing things the way you've been doing things. You've been picking up this deception head on. You've been believing all these lies. You've been believing what people saying about you. You've been believing what people talking about you. You've even been believing the lies you're telling yourself. My God, there you go. And he said, now, I want you to renew your mind. Pick this thing up. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. And then he goes in, he says, and grasp it by the tail. So then it says that Moses did this obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When God says do it, do it. So it says Moses stretched out his hand and he caught it. He caught it. That word caught it right there in the Hebrew is something spectacular. When I first saw it, I ain't thinking really meant nothing. I said, God, okay, he caught it. But then I looked into it, and caught it means to prevail or to go stronger. So what is God saying right there? When you finally, when you finally let go of the things that I told you to let go of, and you realize that they're not your God and that I am, and then even when you let them go, yeah, you might find yourself in more issues than you ever been in before. And I tell you to pick this thing up, and you do catch it, then you're gonna be stronger. You're gonna prevail even more. It says that we we overcome. We 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 more than victorious. We more than victorious. How can we be more than victorious? It means that you came out of this situation better than you went in. You came in busted, broken, disgusted, but now you came out approved, authority, and running in your dominion. You came into that situation a drug addict, but now you came out a messenger to help people not even fall down to that. You went into that situation without no money, but now you came out a financial planner. Woo! Mm-hmm. 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 
That's what God can do. Prevail and make you stronger. And then it says it became a rod again. That's God saying, you know what? I can take that thing and I can shift it back because I'm in control. I'm in power. Whatever in your life needs to be shifted, all you got to do is stay in my presence. Stay where I am and you watch the shift. You watch what happens because it says became a rod. That word became is always emphatic in the, in the Bible, meaning that it comes with power, meaning it comes with some authority, meaning that when something becomes, then it is what it is. It became. It became. It became. You see, Moses was busy telling God what he didn't have. He was all, God, I don't have nothing. But God was asking, just like he asked you, what do you have? Moses said, I got a stick. See, what was a stick in Moses' eyes? God knew it was the rod of God and it would turn into a miracle working tool. See, it's not about what we have. It's about what we're willing to give to God. It's about what we're willing to give up. God ain't terrified by your lack. God don't get scared because you ain't got nothing. God said, you know what? I can do something with nothing. You don't believe me? Turn to Genesis 1, chapter uh, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, I created the heavens and earth. And then the heaven, then the earth was born without form. Don't think that God created something without form. Don't think that God created something void. Between verse 1 and 2, something happened. The enemy came down. He was thrown down and destroyed everything. And everything that God had created had now become void. God said, you ain't new to nothing. I done lost some stuff too. You ain't the first person to lost. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I lost some things too. I lost everything. I lost everything. I created the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. And the enemy came and took it from me. So don't come to me telling me what the enemy of took from you. I ain't worried about your lack. I'm worried about what you got. Even if you ain't got nothing, I'm a master of nothing. I can say nothing, be something. Where there is no light, I can say be light. Where there is nothing but darkness, I can say be light. God, I ain't got nothing. I'm broke down. I'm a wild like it. God said, I ain't concerned about that. You ain't telling me nothing. Ain't nothing you done been through that I ain't already been through. And the only reason that God went through it is so that you can go through it. Meaning that you can go through it. You don't have to stay stuck. It says, yay, though you walk through the valley of the shadows of the death. Through, through. You shall feel what? No evil. No evil. See, the little boy came to the, to the, to the, to the, to the church with a two-piece fish dinner. The two, two fish and a fire load. That's a two-piece fish dinner. And it was 5,000 people out there. And the disciples, the very people walking with God, the very people walking with God, the disciples said, how are we going to feed all these people? And the little boy said, here, you can use my snack. <laughs> and he came to God with it. See, he didn't worry about the lack. He said, you know what? I believe in a God that can take a little bit and feed the multitude. I believe in a God who can take just a two-piece fish dinner and feed 5,000 men plus probably 10,000 women and children. That's the God I believe in. That's what the little boy said. He said, y'all walking with God, but I know God. Y'all acting, but I'm doing it. Daniel came up to the came up onto the battlefield. All he had in his pocket was five rocks and a slingshot. And he said, Who is this Philistine coming out here all this junk? Who is this? Give me my slingshot. I'm gonna bust him on side of his head. 
And some people say, well, wife had five rocks. He must didn't trust God. No, he know Goliath had four brothers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He said, so I'm going to pick up one for each brother. But I know when I get him, then I'm going to get them. About what you lack. See, you, you can't be like Gideon, thinking you gotta have everything. Saying, oh God, I can't battle unless I got 30,000 to go to war with me. I can't do this unless I got enough money. I can't do this unless I got enough time. I can't do this unless I'm old enough or I'm too young. I, ain't, I can't do this, God. You ain't equipped me with enough. God told Gideon, I don't need your 30,000. Matter of fact, give me 300. Oh, and I'm going to do the same thing with 300 yeah. that anybody else can do with 30,000. God said, I'm going to do the same thing with you that what other people will have to sweat and do, you're going to be effortless with it. Oh, what kind of God are you believing in? Are you going to be like the widow? She said, you know what? I ain't got nothing but left, but all I'm going to do is make this last meal for me and my son, and then we're just going to lay up here and die. But then the prophet of God said, you know what? Fix me something to eat too, because if you're going to die, I guess we're going to die together. But then he said, you know what? If you be, if you be obedient to the word of God, watch what happened. Watch what happened. So you gotta be willing to let go. You gotta be get radical with this thing. You gotta be a rebel with this thing. I'm gonna let go, I'm gonna sell all the way out to God, and I'm gonna see what happened. See, when I decided to do this walk, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just said, you know what? I'm, I don't been down this road before. I know where this road leads. This road leads to the devil. This road leads to destruction. It leads to disease. It leads to depravity. It leads to busted, broke, no money, all that. I already know where that road goes. It's going to be there when I get back. If I want to go there, it'll always be there. But I want to see where it's going. Yeah. I want to see what God can do with me. I want to see what God can do with this broken piece. I want to see what God can do with this, this vessel who said, you know what? Just use me however you want to. I ain't got much, but what, what you did give me, I'm willing to use it all. Use it all up, because if you use it all up, then I know you got to make more, because you ain't going to leave me out here disgusted, broken down. You're going to always watch over me. What is God doing? What is God doing? What's in your hand? He don't care if you got inadequate education. He don't care about your poverty. He don't care about your dysfunctional family. We all got dysfunctional families. That's just what it's all about. It was dysfunctional from the beginning of time. You ain't nothing new. Adam and Eve was dysfunctional because they were at war with each other. That's why the enemy came in. The Cain and Abel was dysfunctional. You ain't got nothing new going on in your family. God said, I can deal with that. I done deal with that before. All them folks dysfunctional. Your shady past ain't got nothing to do with it. Moses was a murderer, but I turned him into a deliverer. Your shady past ain't got your diseased body, your, your, your hurt, your unhealed body. It ain't got nothing to do with that because I can turn you into a healer. Yeah. You ain't popular in school. Don't nobody like you. You on the nerd side. You ain't cool. Your clothes raggedy. You ain't dressed in the latest trend, but I can still work with you. If you get more concerned about me, then more concerned about them. Stop walking in fear. Stop walking in fear. Stop walking in fear. Because many times, the very blessings that we're trying to get from God is held up in your hand. What's in your hand? See, we got talented people in this room. We got gifted people in this room. We got people with time in this room. 
But what are you doing with your time? Would you rather sit there and fill it up with text messages and Facebooks and Instagrams and, 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 and Vivo or whatever that stuff is? Filling it all up. Not saying nothing is wrong with that, but when you when you when you out of balance, when you out of balance, then you wonder why your walk is kind of funny. You wonder why the prayers ain't going through. Because you're out of balance. You won't let go. You won't let go. And say, God, what's in my hand, I give to you. See, Peter did that in the, in the New Testament. Jesus said, I need somewhere to preach from. Peter said, take my boat. Let go. He gave up his lifestyle because he was a fisherman. He gave up his business. He was a fisherman. He gave it up. He said, he'll take mine. But what does the word say? It says that when he went back out to fish, he caught so much that it started to sink the boat. And then he had to call his friends in and say, come get some of this. That's what God is saying. If you let go, I can bless you so much that you have to call your friends in and say, come on and get some of this. I got too much. I can't do nothing with all this. Y'all come and get some too. He's saying, let go so not only that you can be blessed, but that so somebody else can be blessed with it.